How many of you were here last week when Carabo was preaching? Wasn't that a great sermon? Hey? If you missed it, please go get the podcast. It was he was preaching about financial pressure and stress that we go through and how we can we can overcome that. And uh, from a man who's lived and walked it, you know, it was it was gems. It was really incredible. But I wanted to while he was preaching last week, he 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 said a particular phrase, and it's that phrase that I really want to pick up on this morning and and emphasize this morning and really go after this morning. He said this. He said. Um, the only way out of our mess and our disaster that we have with our lives is to hear the voice of God and obey it so that we can do the right thing at the right time in the right place. And remember, he said that quite a few times. Right thing, right time, in the right place. The way out of the mess, the way out of our, ch- our challenge and our, and our difficult circumstances and all the things that you may be facing right now, all the, 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 your, the chaos of life and all the things that we face in this life, relationally, financially, etc., the way out is to hear God and to obey Him. He said, we don't have to be lucky in this world. We just have to be obedient. <laughs> I really like that. And, uh, but then he went on and said, how can we obey if we haven't heard? You know? It's so critical that we hear God. And is that really that I want to talk about this morning, is that we need to hear God for ourselves. We need to hear the voice of our Father. Jesus said this. He said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every rhema word that comes from God. When God intended, when He was designing us and making us, and His, His intention was that we would live on His word. That we would be people who would be responsive to His word. That we would be able to hear and implement His word in our lives. And we don't just live on bread alone. How many of you like bread? I like bread, okay? I'm a bread guy. I bake bread. I enjoy bread, all right? But we don't just live on food alone or the things that satisfy our flesh alone. We live also on the word that God speaks to us. And just like you get nutrients and you get life from food. How many of you have had a good meal recently, you know? I had a bride the other night and I'm just... Still in the glory of it, you know? <laughs> just, you know, just eating a great meal with good people. It's, it, it, ref, it revives, it refreshes, it just satisfies you. It gives you what you need for this life, okay? And in the same way, when we hear God's word, we receive life, we receive nutrients, we receive what we need to get through this life. It's like we have two stomachs, Amen. One for natural food and one for the voice of God. And our prosperity in this life, both financial, relational, whatever, every relation, physically everything, is related to how much food we're getting from God. How often are we hearing God? I want to challenge you this morning. When was the last time you heard Him? Maybe that's why our lives are in the way they are. Amen. What happens to you when you get hungry? Let me ask you that this morning. Grumpy. Grumpy. Hangry. <laughs> Who gets hangry here? When you, I, I'm a hangry person. When I'm not, when I haven't eaten, I'm just like 
hangry and grumpy and you get dizzy, you just disoriented, you get tired, you start shutting down. You're not really the person that you should be. Isn't that right? You know, you're like, you're like this, but when you're hungry, oh, you're tired, you're lethargic, you're not contributing, you're not talking much, you're not saying much, your heart's not really coming out, you're not living as you should be living, all right? And it's exactly the same when we don't hear God. When we don't hear God and we, and, 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 and hear His voice to us in our situation, we get hangry, <laughs> disorientated, we get anxious about life. We get fatigued, we get tired, we start to shut down, we stop becoming the person that we should be because our spirit man is not getting the nutrient, the direction, the guidance, the everything that it needs for this life. It's like we designed with these two stomachs. And, and, and so we can't just satisfy the natural stomach. We have to make sure that our spiritual man gets revived. And the way that he gets revived is that we hear God speak to us. We hear him talk to us. In John 6, verse 63, Jesus said this. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Can you say that? They are spirit and they are life. Tell the person next to you what God's words are. They are? They are spirit and they life. So Jesus is speaking to people and he's saying, the words that I'm giving you, they're much more than just words. They're much more than just like cool phrases and philosophical stuff. They're much more than that. They're spirit and they life. They're coming into you and they're giving you much more than what you're just hearing with your ears. There's something else. There's another transaction taking place when you hear Jesus speak. There's spirit and life coming into you. I mean, isn't it incredible if you... when I don't know if there's anything more fulfilling than hearing the voice of God. There's nothing more relieving than knowing what God has said. It's You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the, by the word of God. This, when, when you hear God's word, suddenly you have faith, man. When you have a word from God, you can stand through any trial, any situation. You can be patient in a time of waiting when you have a word from God. When you have a word from God, you can face a trial. You can face difficult stuff. You can speak things that aren't as though they are. You can wrestle. You can walk all over the enemy. Because why? you got a word from God. You see, when God speaks, not only do we hear stuff, but within His Word is creative ability. That's why He spoke the worlds into existence. He spoke and there were animals. He spoke and there was trees. He spoke and there were fish and then there was birds. Every word that He speaks creates life. And it's the same in, in, in our lives. If there's an area in your life that's dying, whether it's financial or relational or just you and your person and your destiny and what God has called you to do, you feel like it's dying, what you need is to hear God in that area. Because when you hear God in that area, life starts to flow in that area. That's why the Roman centurion said to Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house to pray for my servant who's sick. Just say the the word and he will be well so jesus just whenever he releases the word a word into our lives not only do we hear something but we receive something so when god says to you press through or when he says to you you can do this not only do we hear him saying it but we receive life and the very ability to do what he is saying (laughs) 
It's like his, his words enable us. They empower us. They invigorate us. They, uh, they equip us. They give us direction. His word is everything to us. You know, just one word from God can change everything. Just a word can just change an entire circumstance. You know, often you, I don't know if you've noticed that when you read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus cast out demons with a word. Singular, a single word, go. <laughs> just a word from Jesus and everything can change. My dad was a hardcore agnostic. I mean, just like, you know, rebellious man, just like not interested in God or church or anything. You know, you couldn't get him in church. Even the times when he said he would come, he would like stand in the foyer. You know what I mean? He was just like, he, he, he was just not there, you know, or interested in it or anything. One day he's driving from Johannesburg to Cape Town through the Karoo and he hears one word from God and he gets born again. I'm not kidding. When I say one word, it was one word. He heard the word Ephesus. And he was like, what was that? While he's driving. He pulled into a motel. He knew God had spoken, but he didn't know like what and how. Got into, the, into his room, pulled out a Gideon Bible from the top shelf in the drawer next to the bed. Looked to the contents page and looked for Ephesus, Ephesus, Ephesus. And he saw Ephesians. That sounds similar, you know. So he goes to the book of Ephesians and it says to the people of Ephesus. And then thereafter, he starts to read, and God just gets a hold of him. Now he's an usher in the church. You know? <laughs> reads his Bible. When we have family dinners, he pulls out the Bible, and he reads the Bible to us. One word. But within that word was not just Ephesus, the word Ephesus. There was life in it. There was salvation in it. There was deliverance in it. There was destiny in that word. You know, when I look at my, my life, and I was just, when I was preparing this word, I was just thinking, how many times have I heard God for me in my life? And I just retraced my life, and I was just thinking, you know what, just even when, many years ago, I didn't, know, I didn't want to stay in Durban, I wasn't sure about where I was going to go and what city to live in, God spoke to me. And said, I want you to stay in Durban. You're going to be there many years. You're going to marry. You're going to settle down. You're going to have kids. And you're going to give your kids a marriage. That's how long you're going to be in Durban. I'm still here. You know, based on that word that I received, whatever, 17 years ago. And all of it has come true. I got married. <laughs> to this gorgeous babe over here. And even that was us hearing God. You know what, God spoke and he told us when to get married. He said, marry this girl. I was like, you're going to marry me, babe. <laughs> Fortunately, she said, yes, I heard God for myself. It's important, huh? Important you have both, all right? And, and it, going into ministry and that, that decision, and should I stay in business or should I go into the ministry? God spoke. I don't think about God telling us to buy our first flat, and then, and then after that, the next house that we lived in, he, he spoke and he said, it's going to be small but beautiful with views. And I, and, and I saw a picture of it and he spoke and then we eventually we moved into it. And then we, we moved and then we said, no, we're moving to somewhere else. So we, we let go of that one. And then when we moved to the other house, he told us and he showed us the street and he spoke to us about it. And I think about when my sons were born, he gave me their names. Both my sons are named by God. I mean, even with, with our second one, we were, we were like, you know, we were busy with life, you know, like pregnancy was just like, 
It was an inconvenience. We were just so busy in the ministry and on campus. My wife was pregnant, you know, on campus, you know, with a, another little toddler in her arms, walking around pregnant, you know, praying for people in the front row with baby here, big tummy out here, you know. And then we were like, okay, it's happening. You know, it's, the contractions are there. We're like, okay, let's go, you know. So we're going to the hospital. And I was just on the way to the hospital, you know, just before we're going, and I was like, Lord, I, I haven't even, like, asked you, for a name for this child, like, you know, and we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, you know, with both our, our kids, we didn't, we didn't know, we, we waited till birth to know, um, we like surprises, okay, um, and I remember driving to the hospital, and God said to me, clear as anything, Daniel is a great name for your son, you know, and I was like, babe, we're having a boy, <laughs> choose Bob, a boy came out, we named him Daniel, you know? So I'm just thinking like that's those decisions and then countless times in my job and things, I don't know what to do or you know, do we pay this? Do we buy that? Do we move? Do we what do we do, Lord? Countless times God has spoken to us as as a team, as as a married couple, as a family, just so many times he's spoken along the way. And I was just like rewinding that whole period and I just thought like, actually, you know what? Every major big decision in my life, every blessed decision, every decision that I really look back on that really blessed my life has been a decision where God has spoken. And I thought, you know what, what if I just rewind that, you know, my life, and you cut out the, the word of God, like imagine, no word of God. You know, like those days, like in the Bible where it says the word of God was rare. I think it was in, like, it was like rare, like you didn't hear it, you know. Like imagine just, it's gone. Now leave Wayne by himself to make all those decisions. Woo! My wife is fearing. You know, how, how dangerous. How reckless. I can tell you now I would not be where I am today if I didn't hear God's voice. And that's it. And that's it. We really become reckless with our lives when we don't hear God. Reckless with our relationships. Reckless with our finance. Reckless in how we steward ourselves when we don't hear God. We kind of go with what's popular. We buy shares there because everybody's buying shares there. We're just going with the world. And the problem with that is that then you get on the roller coaster called the world system. And how many of you know the roller coaster? There's, there's always ups. But my goodness, the downs are fussed. <laughs> and the somersaults are terrible, you know. Um, and, and so if you want to live on that, you can. But I don't want to live on the roller coaster anymore. And I hope you don't as well. And the way we get off the roller coaster is by we learn to train ourselves to hear God speak. Because then if the world is going up, it doesn't matter. We're constant. The world is going down. We're constant. We just know what God has said. We know that God will do it. He will do it in His time. Why? Because I'm not living on that roller coaster. I'm living on the word that God has spoken. So important for our lives. David said this in Psalm 28 verse 1. He said, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. How many of you can identify with that? God is my rock, man. You know what I mean? I'm just like, without Him, i got no foundation, all right? Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. David knew the value of God's voice. And if he didn't have it, if God was suddenly silent, he knew his life would go where? 
to the pit. Can you say that? To the pit? To the pit. To the pit. All right. The, that's how it goes down. We have to hear God. I remember a time, you know, my sister was like a little bit directionless. She was working for my mom. We had like a clothing business. She was just like not enjoying it. And she just wanted to do something with her life. And she was praying one day. And God just spoke two words to her. He said, make bags. And how many of you know when God speaks, it's not just words. We don't just hear things. With it comes ability, creativity, inspiration, everything that we need. Make bags. That's all she heard. So what she did was she went and started making bags, handbags. And she had a fashion line and her bags started selling really well. And she won awards for her bag, like designer of the year for the bags, handbags that she used to make. And all of that just happened out of two words from God. Make bags. And with it comes everything that we need for life. And Malcolm Smith, one of the great Bible teachers, old guy, just incredible teacher of the word. He, you know, he didn't know what to do with his life as well. He was, you know, tried to be an evangelist and people didn't get saved. And he, he tried to be a missionary and he just didn't enjoy being a missionary. And eventually he just sat down on the floor and he said, you know what, God, I'm tired of doing what other people say that I should do. What do you want me to do? He sat there for three days, okay. <laughs> but in there, in that moment, God said to him one word, teach. And with that word came revelation of the, the, the blood covenant message that comes out of the Bible. You know, that was him, all right? And so many other messages. And he became, he's like one of the most incredible Bible teachers there are. You know, his tapes are just like all around the CDs, MP3s, sorry. Giving my age right there. <laughs> They're just everywhere, you know? Um, but it was just from sitting in a place and hearing God speak. How many of you need to hear a word from God? Where are you at right now? Where are you at right now? Come on, if, if that is you and you really are desperate, I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet. You really want to hear God speak. Keka, good to see you this morning as well, champ. Welcome home. Welcome home. Come on. Wow, there's a lot of us there. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Let's pray. Father, our expectation is not in man. It's in you. And so right now, over every circumstance, Lord God, over every situation, Lord God, Lord, I release your word into people's lives, Lord. That every person here will hear you for themselves, that they would set their hearts towards you, to seek you, to know you, to understand you, Lord God. And let your word now come afresh in Jesus' name. Some of you are hearing right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. We need to do more of that, hey? We need to become masters at hearing God's voice. Who knows what the first and greatest commandment is? Come on. Love the Lord your God with all of your soul, mind. No, you're all wrong. That was a trap. I got you. 
<laughs> the first and greatest commandment is that, but it starts like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What do you say first? Hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. The first and greatest command is actually listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Come, listen to me. You'll never be able to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength unless you hear me first. You're always going to go off track. You're always going to do the wrong thing with your life. You're always going to, you know, I don't know, just make my name not strong or whatever in, in your life and everything because you didn't hear God. You know, if there's any person that I really identify with in Scripture, it's it's Joshua. You know, Joshua, like, I mean, I'm just like really... This guy was incredible. You know how he just sat outside the tent of meeting, waiting for Moses to leave, and then he would sneak in just to like be in God's presence. And then it came the day when he was leading Israel, and he was like, just he was like a charge guy. Let's go, you know, let's let's take these guys out. And so they take out Jericho, first city. God speaks to him, gives him direction, takes out Jericho. But then he gets really confident. He's like, okay, great. You know what? Jericho's now. Let's take AI next. And he doesn't take time to wait on God. And listen to God for fresh strategy. Because he thinks, man, I got this thing now. I got victory. I got, you know, I, I can do this thing in my own strength, eh? How many of us have that? How many Joshua's do you have here this morning? Come on, come on. Man, I'm the only one here this morning who always thinks like, I got this thing now. God, I'll catch you later, you know? <laughs> Woo! You know? Don't worry, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> Really? And he goes and he attacks AI, and guess what? He gets nailed, and they run. And then he comes back to God, God, what's happened? He's like, hear, O Israel. Hear, O, listen to me. I'll give you fresh strategy. David was probably the best example there is in Scripture. You know, I mean, he's just incredible how often he gave time and detail to hearing God's voice. I mean, every battle that he went into, he was like, Lord, what do I do? And God would give him strategy. Next battle, God, what do I do? And God would give him strategy. So many times, even when he went into battle and these guys came and plundered his home village and took away his wife and kids and everything and plundered, and he came back from battle, great victory, and he arrives home and it's burnt down. And everything's gone. Everyone's mad at David. Everyone wants to kill David. What would you do in that situation? Well, me, I know I would have picked up my sword and just gone, where are they? Where are they? Let's go get them. You know, even if they, if we don't get our wives or kids back, let's, let's kill somebody, you know? <laughs> like, let's go do something, you know? What does David do? I mean, this is his wife and kids that have been taken. What do we do in that situation? We just, we go. He goes, make space for God, puts the ephod on, and he says, Lord, must I go? It's your wife and kids, bro. <laughs> Lord, must I go? God says, pursue them, you'll overtake them, and you'll recover everything. And he goes in the strength of that word, even though he had been weary after long battle, even though he had been fighting, and he just wanted to come home and rest. Suddenly when he heard those words, guess what? They weren't just words. There was life in them. There was power in them. There was invigoration in them. There was strategy in them. He, every, God just speaks and you get everything. Like in that moment, he goes, pursues them, takes back what was his. Great victory over there. But all linked to hearing God. All linked to hearing God. Psalm 32 says this. Look at this. What a great scripture. It says, 
the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Can you just say amen? amen. A little bit louder. Amen. That's our dad, man. I will guide you on the best path. God has a best for you. You can marry many people, but God has a best for you. <laughs> best friend. <laughs> you can do many careers with your life, but God has a he has a best. There's many cities you can live in, but God has a and often it's not what we think in our minds or what the world says. If I could have chosen and just said, right, okay, what city am I going to live in 17, 18 years ago? I would have gone like Google, okay, 10 best cities to live in in the world. Mmm, Sydney, that looks good. You know, life expectancy, high infrastructure, you know. And then you go, but you miss out on the best. And you might have a life and you might have stuff and you might do things and you might whatever, but you're not in the best. All right, God knows the best for you, okay? Amen? I will advise you and watch over you. So don't be like a senseless horse or mule. Nudge somebody and say, don't be like a senseless horse or mule, please. Please, just tell, nudge someone and tell them that this morning. Please do not be a senseless horse or mule. We do not want to be senseless horses and mules. Amen. Amen. Okay. That needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. <laughs> I thank God that actually he has kept me under control at times in my life. Um, I've been a senseless host. <laughs> um, but senseless. I love this word senseless. It means having no awareness, understanding, or responsiveness. No awareness, understanding, or responsiveness to God. Not aware of God. Not responsive to God. Not understanding of God and His ways. And, and, the, and what you have to do is you have to bridle it and put a bit in its mouth and you have to force direct this horse to get it where it needs to go. And God is saying to us, that's not my preferred method of leading you. That's not really the way. I don't want to make your circumstances force you into the plan that I have for your life. I will because I'm loving sometimes. He does it. <laughs> and we're grateful for it. But let's rather not be like needed. Let's rather not let it be necessary for him to do that. Let's rather be responsive, in tune, in touch. You know, just a click from the Lord and we're going this way. Just a click and we're going that way. Just so ready, responsive, aware of God. What are you doing? God, what are you saying? God, where are you in the situation? God, give me understanding. God, guide me. God, let, let, your, let my decisions be the ones that are the best for my life. And look at his, look at the way he does it. He advises and he watches over. The picture I have in mind when I, when I was reading this was when I was training my kids to ride bicycles. I put them on the seat, you know, and I'd say, okay, this is how you do it. You pedal and you hold your hand. You keep looking ahead and don't look down at your feet because I've got this cool video of when I was like five years old riding a bike and I was just looking at the pedals and I went straight into a fence and it's on video. It's terrible. Anyway, it's like the family love moment, you know. <laughs> But I'm like telling my boys, okay, look ahead. And I'm like giving them all this advice. And then they go. And then what I do is I watch over. I run next to them like this, watching just so that they don't fall. And I just think that's what God does. He gives us the advice. He tells us what to do. And then he's there to catch us. And when we start falling, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. Keep going. This is the right place. This is the right time. This is the right thing you should be doing. Watching over us. That's how he wants to lead us. 
And ultimately, it is advice. <laughs> we could choose not to follow it. And don't we? We choose not to follow God. Isn't that right? It's not only that we need to hear, but we need to obey as well. We need to hear, but we also need to obey. It's advice. Ultimately, your life is your life. You can choose not to obey God. He's given you that choice. You're not a robot. But he has a best for you, and he wants to advise you, and he wants to watch over you in the journey. So how do we do that this morning? Let's, let, I want us just to refresh ourselves. Firstly, I want to start in Genesis 1.27. Message is starting now. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Genesis 1.27 says, We were created in his image and his likeness. We were created in his image and likeness. Genesis 1.27. This is wonderful that the Bible says this. We were created in his image and likeness. Have you noticed that when you look at creation, like talks to like? Whales talk to whales, right? And somebody on the other end of the ocean. Talk talkies, talk to talk talkies. Birds Talk to birds. Dogs talk to dogs. Cats just don't talk. <laughs> but there's always this, <clears throat> this like talking to like that we see in creation. And isn't it interesting that God made us in his image and in his likeness. So we're designed to hear him and to talk with him. We're actually in his likeness, in his image. So hearing God should not be something that's reserved for the spiritual elite. You know, the the Haramashandai, old King James, you know, the prophet on the mountain. You know, it's not just reserved for, it should be like what we are. We made for it. We made for this thing. We may just, we lack, speaks to lack, so we should just be able to have this conversation. And we know that's not really the case because, all right, of a couple reasons. Maybe this will help you this morning. John 4.24 says this. It says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? This gives us a clue as to why we don't hear God, why it's not as natural as it should be. The way we communicate with God is through the Spirit. God is Spirit. And if we worship Him and interact with Him and talk with Him, we must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. All right? So there's God is Spirit, and, and so often we're trying to hear Him with our carnal mind. We have to understand that He is Spirit. Jesus said, the words I speak are Spirit and life. So the way in which we hear God is through our Spirit man. That's how we hear God. We know that in the beginning, God designed Adam and Eve just like this, in his likeness, so that he could have conversation with them. And every day he would walk with them in the garden and talk with them about the day. They had this incredible fellowship that was happening. But then we know that Adam sinned. And Jesus, God said that in the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. We know they didn't die naturally. They died spiritually. Okay, we, can, we can see that from Scripture that they, they died spiritually. And thereafter, mankind is born without the Spirit of God living and through them. And so what we have is our connection point lost with God. 
And so the reason why there's such confusion in the world today is because of who God is and people think they're God and you know there's all these like false religion all this stuff the reason why that's all there is because man is trying to find God in his own strength with his own ways but without the spirit of God we're not connected to God we can't hear God for ourselves and God the whole Old Testament is about God re-establishing connection with mankind in Jeremiah 31 verse 33, God says, you know, in the day that's coming, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And I'll put my law and my spirit in you. And you won't have to, like, ask people to teach you about me. You will just know me from the least of you to the greatest of you. you will, every man will know me and understand me. That was his intention. I'm basically saying I'm going to restore what Adam had. And then we know Jesus came and he died on the cross, paid the price for our sin. And then he resurrected from the dead. So we have complete victory over the enemy in our lives and given us that authority. And then he ascends on the high and he sends the spirit back to earth. And we see Pentecost, the spirit coming back into man. Radio control, Wi-Fi control between us and heaven is restored. We can hear God again if, it, if indeed we have God's spirit in us. If indeed we have surrendered our lives to Christ, if indeed we have given ourselves to Him, we receive God's Spirit, now we can hear God again. Every single one of us, for ourselves, we can hear God. But how many of you know that still we battle to hear God? (laughs) It's like God's restored, He's given us back the phone. But how many of you know that sometimes when you've got the phone, doesn't mean you're always going to have a clear signal. (laughs) (laughs) or calls that connect. (laughs) And the reason why we still don't connect is because of this thing called the flesh. Can somebody go, the flesh? Galatians 5.16 says this. Verse 17, it'll come up. It says, So I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with one another. But those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And so, even though we've received God's spirit, we still have this flesh while we're here on earth. It's going to go one day, thank the Lord, eh? Um, but we, we have the flesh. And then we have the Spirit. And guess what? They're at war with each other. They're fighting for dominance. And the reason why we, even as Christians, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, struggle to hear our Father is because we're so carnal. We're so flesh-orientated. We're so in the flesh. We're so paying attention to the flesh. We're so feeding the flesh. Come on, people. Hey, don't we just feed the flesh? I mean, if, you had to, if I had to ask you, how are you? You'd say, I'm tired, that's flesh. I'm anxious, that's soul, flesh, responding. All right? Very, very rarely do we speak from the Spirit. Very rarely are we operating from the Spirit. And so Paul's encouragement to this church in Galatia was, let's walk in step with the Spirit, man. Let's get in step with the Spirit. Let's make sure that we're feeding our spirit man, that our spirit man is alive and responsive and well-fed and able to hear God when He speaks. Amen? Oh, am I standing on toes? No? Can I have a bigger amen then? Amen? amen? We've, we've got to look after our spirit man if we want to hear God. Proverbs 8. 
Let me give you two points this morning, okay, to help you. Proverbs 8, verse 32. Take a look at this. There, now, therefore, listen to me. Okay, let's read it together this morning. It's coming up on the screen. There we go. Can we all read it together? Let's go. Do not to stay in it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor. Isn't that a good scripture? The first point I have for you this morning is have a heart to seek. Have a heart to seek God. Make resolve in your heart. That you need to seek him. Look at that scripture. It says, Blessed is the man who listens, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. That speaks about organized efforts. That speaks about a determination, a tenacity. A, I'm going to wait here until he speaks. I'm going to watch here at these posts. I'm, I'm, my heart is determined. And it might take long. I'm going to be sitting here. And it might feel like it's fruitless, this exercise. Lord, are you there? But I'm going to have a tenacity. I'm going to wait at his posts. I'm going to watch. I'm going to stay where he is. I'm going to dwell until I hear him. I've got a heart to hear him. I've got a heart to seek after him. Jeremiah 30, 29, 13 says, if you will seek me and find me when you seek with all your heart. We have to have a heart that is seeking after God. You know, sometimes we assume that because when God will speak, we'll automatically just be able to hear it. But when God spoke at the baptism of Jesus... And said, this is my son. He didn't say it like that, but I just imagine that. In whom I'm well pleased. What did some people say? It thundered. Wow, did you hear that? It thundered. That's what the people who were there and listening, they heard it. Why? Because they weren't having, they didn't have a heart to seek after God. They weren't listening for God. They weren't waiting for God. They weren't watching at his doors, at his post. Was, Was this you, Lord? Was this you speaking to me? So they just heard it thunder, and they missed out. Okay, they didn't. So we have to have a heart to seek. Um, and if you don't have a heart to seek, you know what you need to do is, is is get yourself thirsty for God. You know, get into a good book, get into the Word, get into some prayer, or get into around others, or start cultivating a life of prayerfulness and intercession and allow yourself to change and you know wean yourself off the world and onto God. Okay, second point I have for you this morning. So have a heart to seek God. Secondly, and this is quite a long point, okay? It's probably the longest point I've ever had. <laughs> it goes like this. Close the door, go up the mountain, turn aside, and be present. Can you say that? Close the door, go up the mountain, turn aside, and be present. Say it all together. Close the door, go up the mountain, turn aside, and be present. (laughs) Tell the person next to you. Close the door, go up the mountain, turn aside, and be present. Look at the person behind you and tell them this morning. Close the door. Uh Uh-oh. Go up the mountain, turn aside, 
and be present. Tap the person in front of you and tell them, hey, close the door. Go up the mountain. Turn aside. And be present. Can you all say it together once more time? Let's go. Okay, are you going to remember that? Okay, one more time. Close your eyes and say it. Close the door. Go up the mountain. And and be present. Okay, now I'm going to unpack it. Close the door. Jesus said this. When you pray, Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Closing the door. You need to learn how to turn off the phone. You know, this is, this is us right now. I've got a cool little picture here, AV, if you wouldn't mind just showing this picture. Dear God, how come I never hear your voice? MP3's on, computer's on, phone's on. The world is still on, 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 on. We have to learn how to close it all. Close the door. Close the door on your phone. Close, put it on airplane mode for 30 minutes. Come on. You don't want to be turned off. Go to some place where you can be with God alone. Close the door on the world. You know, I've, I've, I've sometimes done this, and, I, and I'm really, I've, I'm so strong on this. I, I know this for my own life. There's times when I've been praying, and my phone's still been on. And I've gone into my time, and I'm praying, and my phone is still on. My eye's always there. And I heard God say to me one day, turn it off. And I turned it off, and I had the most amazing time with God. And I can, now, I learned slowly, okay? I learned slowly, I just got to confess. I'll still go into my time of prayer and the phone will still be on. Still, even after that's happened. Isn't that, this is us, eh? Or is it just me? Just checking. <laughs> I hope it's us. <laughs> I can't be the only one. It's still on. And I know, sometimes I pray, I feel like I'm hitting the ceiling. And then I'll remember, you know what? I'm going to turn that thing off. And I turn it off, and I have an amazing time with God. I almost get the feeling like he's waiting for me to close the door. Close the door. Like, show, show me that I'm number one in your life. Show me that you're really here to hear from me and not just another beep, beep. What's happening? You know? Attention on him. Close the door. What about going up the mountain? You'll see in, in the life and ministry of Jesus, many times he went up the mountain to pray. And it's interesting You'll see revival meetings, crowds of thousands following him, demons coming up, people getting healed, the, 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 the deaf hearing, the dumb speaking, the lame walking. It's just like incredible, amazing day. And then Jesus will just say, I'm going to go up and pray. And he goes by himself up the mountain to pray. He walks away from it all. And then, you know, sometimes that's like we have every excuse not to. But Jesus modeled something for us. He, even in the midst of incredible times and incredible stuff happening and huge demand on his life, he still went up the mountain to go and pray. He still, and, and do you have a place? Do you have a place that you can just go away to hear God? Turn aside. Exodus, th- I'm coming to the end of the message. Exodus 3. If you have a Bible, let's go there. Turn aside. So what was it again? Say it. Close the door. Okay, you guys are amazing. You're getting this now. Turn aside. Exodus 3, 
verse 1 to 4 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, so he didn't see the angel, he just saw a bush on fire. Okay. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Look at this, this is the key to the whole verse. So when the Lord saw that he turned, say it, aside to look, God called to him. I don't know about you, but I read this and I, I really believe God uses who's available. I really do. He uses whoever is available. And I wonder how different the Bible would have looked if Moses didn't turn aside in this moment. Like, would it still be Moses or would it be like Jethro or, I don't know, somebody else, you know, that we speak about that, that did this, you know? But Moses turned aside. There was something in Moses that was able just to turn away from what he was doing and, and look and seek for God. And it was only when God saw him turn away that then he starts to speak to him. What do you need to turn away from this morning? What do you need to turn to this morning? What do you need to like, stop giving attention to and start giving attention to in order to hear God's voice? You know, from this moment on, we see this incredible relationship between God and Moses develop to the point where, you know, eventually Moses speaks with God face to face as, as a man speaks to his friend. And you look at the life of Moses from this moment onwards, it's radically changed. It's radically different because now he's hearing God. And he even has this, a place which he calls the tent of meeting. <laughs> and he sets his tent up outside the camp. And every night he would go and meet with God in the tent of meeting. And outside the camp speaks about outside the busyness and the chaos and where the food's been cooked and all the stuff's going on, all of that. He had a place where he went to meet with God. And the result of that was God met with him and spoke with him face to face as a man speaks with his friend. I really believe that's possible for you and I as well. Finally, and be president. Don't be president, be present, all right? Or be the president as well, okay? Be present. So what is it? Close the door. Go up the mountain. Turn aside. And be present. Last point. Be present. Surely, Psalm 131. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. It's David speaking about his, the state of his soul. And he's basically saying, I've learned to put my soul in its right place. You know, the process of weaning is like talking about taking a, a baby off, off with milk, all right? That's just for effect this morning, because this is a good point, okay? <laughs> There's that, that weaning off is... Is, is like a, it's sometimes a difficult process for a baby because it's so dependent on that thing. And it's all it knows. And that's where it gets what it needs to get. And so it's, it's hooked, it's latched, it's dependent on this thing. 
And the process of weaning is about getting it off that and getting it onto a different diet. Okay? And our souls are so hooked on Facebook and texting and worry and anxiety and pressure and we, we how are you? I'm busy, I'm under pressure I'm, and we like say it like we're proud about it you know what I mean? It's like we're just so hooked on the, this world and what this world has and the next episode and the next TV series and the next whatever, we're so hooked on it and David was saying he knows that's the thing with his soul his soul is it's so easily hooked onto this and that's what the world is you know, it's just, it, it grabs us and we get stuff from it, and it's all we know. But David's saying, I've learned to wean my soul off that. I've learned to wean it and quiet it and put my soul into God. And my soul is now like a weaned child. It's come off the world system and everything of the world, and it's ready to receive food from the Lord. God is much better for us people than whatever this world has. Amen? So what are you going to do? Close the door. Go up the mountain. Turn aside. And be present. David was present with God. Present in the moment. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done this morning.